You're listening to Parents You've Got This, the expert guide to parenthood. The complete guide to pregnancy, birth, baby and parenthood. This podcast is brought to you by Parents You've Got This and proudly supported by Mastella. Mastella is a natural origin skincare for babies and children, recommended by healthcare professionals. Mastella by Parents' Side since 1950. Pregnancy comes with so many pregnancy ailments. There's so many aches and pains that we experience along the way. Today we chat with our obstetrician expert, Dr. Peter Jesevic, about what some of these pregnancy ailments are and how to get some relief. Dr. Peter Jesevic is an obstetrician and gynecologist with more than 27 years of experience. He has delivered more than 6,500 babies and he works in both public and private practice. He is also the head of unit and he could not be more well qualified um, to be able to talk to us about this really relevant topic today. So Pete, we're going to fire off a whole host of different pregnancy ailments um, and if you can talk to us a bit about you know, what we can do, if anything, to get some relief. The first one I want to talk to you about is probably something that plagues every person that gets pregnant and that is nausea and vomiting or morning sickness as they call it. Sure. So from the moment you conceive, you'll get a surge in the pregnancy hormone beta-HCG and there's a part of your brain, the hypothalamus, which can sometimes be very sensitive to that hormone and to a greater or lesser degree, you'll feel nauseated as a result of that. Uh, for most women, that'll be a manageable degree of nausea and I say that respectfully and you can manage that by resting, by hydrating yourself, eating small portions and hopefully just getting through until the end of that first trimester when those pregnancy hormone levels tend to drop off a bit as the placenta kicks in and you start to feel better. Obviously there can be varying extremes of that nausea and vomiting to the point where we can get quite severe hyperemesis where you're really genuinely sick, not being able to keep any food and fluids down and occasionally that can lead to some biochemical and personal health concerns. And if that's the case, obviously you'd be speaking with your care provider for some medication support. You can do some basic things as well beyond what I mentioned with sleep and rest and so on. You can try some B6 and ginger supplements you can get some rest of it, which is an antihistamine, which can sometimes help. Uh, beyond that though, generally speaking, it, outside of some other holistic things, you'd be looking at prescription medications. So Maxlon, Zofran, and some other type of medications. And occasionally when really quite severe, we can give you some intravenous fluids, either as an acute dose of fluids, just a low, just to break the cycle, or even bring them in for a few days. And in really extreme cases, we can sometimes give you some steroids as well. And obviously everything that we give you medically is safe for the baby. What about indigestion and heartburn, Pete? What are some of the symptoms of these and what can we do to alleviate them? Because they can be quite uncomfortable. Yeah, very, very common. So the pregnancy hormones in your body uh, have a relaxative effect and that's a bonus because that's helping the uterus, which is a muscle, grow and not contract and contract the baby out. We need the baby to be able to grow with the uterus. So with uh, the relaxation that occurs, it doesn't specifically just relax the muscle of the uterus, it can relax other muscles in your body. And dare I say, the muscle sphincter, where the food pipe goes down, the esophagus into the stomach. If that relaxes, of course, it allows acid to go up. If that's compounded by the baby growing up into the abdomen, pressing on the stomach, you can get reflux or heartburn. And that can manifest as epigastric pain, a burning <laughs> sensation, nausea, regurgitation at the back of your throat. Women sometimes wake up choking on their own vomit. Mm. So if that occurs, we would always suggest avoiding things that would trigger it. So certain foods, and an obvious one would be chili. You would want to try to hydrate well, always try to sleep upright, and maybe smaller portions rather than big portions of food all at once. People sometimes have yogurt, milk, ice cream, dairy. 
Beyond that though, we can use some medications over the counter, so Rennie's, Quickies, Mylanta, Gaviscon. If that doesn't work, if you speak to your care provider, we can prescribe you with medication. And in a medication such as omeprazole, using it at a low dose and building up can be almost like day and night, like turning off a, a switch where it can really make a big difference. So always ask if it's a problem. And what about varicose veins? Why do we get these and is there anything we can do about them in pregnancy? Yeah, so two reasons. One is the relaxative effect of those hormones I've alluded to, which can cause dilation of your veins. And also with the pressure of the uterus growing onto your pelvic vessels and you're getting increasing back pressure. And if you have a predisposition where the valves in your veins are a little bit weak, you'll get engorgement of the veins and you'll see varicose veins. Now varicose veins can be veins in your legs. You can get varicose veins in the vulva. You can get varicose veins in your bottom, hemorrhoids, okay? They're all varicose veins. And to a greater or lesser degree, they might be visually obvious and sometimes uncomfortable or both. Now, generally speaking, to be honest, until you're not pregnant, it's very hard for those varicose veins to get better. You have to take the pressure off, you have to release that hormone load. But things that you can try to do are to wear some tight stockings, put your feet up if you can, not easy for a mother who has other children or is working. And of course, occasionally you can also wear, and I think this is quite useful, some of the SRC shorts specific for pregnancy. And what that does is it helps to bring the uterus a little bit up and that takes a little bit of pressure off your pelvic vessels. And a combination of those things can help. That leads really well, Pete, into the next one on our list, which is ligament stretching. Um, this can also be really uncomfortable um, and felt in different places around the body. Can you talk to us a little bit about what, what's happening and what we can do. Yeah, so if we focus on ligaments of joints as distinct from the ligaments to, to the uterus, so we're talking about ligaments in your hips and the ligaments around the pubic area and the ligaments in the back supporting your back joints, uh, even, the, uh, even the ligaments around your rib cage, all of these things can soften under the hormonal changes of pregnancy. And when they soften, it means that the support to keep the joint strong and tight is less, and so the joint will shift. It's almost kind of like having arthritis or a version thereof and with that can become symptoms including pain. So I would usually advocate going to speak to your care provider, but going to see a physio or an osteo or a chiro, depending on what you think. SRC shorts can be very good for stability. There are pelvic belts, which can help support your pelvis and your hips. Um, and occasionally, of course, you might need to take some analgesia, and analgesia usually would be generally paracetamol, obviously no anti-inflammatories, as much as anti-inflammatories would be preferred. They're not ideal and safe in pregnancy. For a lot of women, when you get quite crippling joint disease, and I've had women who've ended up on crutches and even women who've ended up in wheelchair in hospitals, it is really just us offering the best support we can, knowing that when the baby is delivered, by whatever means, it will usually improve. And is that the same thing as pelvic girdle pain, Pete? So essentially what I was just talking about, yes. Uh, if we were talking about ligament pain specific to the uterus, that would be the sort of the ligament pain that comes with the stretching of the ligaments that are attached to the uterus, which of course are stretching as the baby's growing. And that can be manifested as sort of discomfort in the abdomen. And we're very confident a lot of the time that women get abdominal pain in pregnancy and we're attuned to premature labor and intrauterine infections or hemorrhage from the placenta bad pregnancy pains, and then of course other virus and pains, appendicitis, mm. et cetera, et cetera, kidney stones. What we know is that most women who have pain in their tummy in pregnancy, that'll probably be actually ligament stretching, musculoskeletal. But in terms of pelvic girdle pain, that'll be what I spoke to before about that ligament joint sort of softening. What about restless legs, Pete, um, and leg pain in pregnancy? Yeah, so restless legs and leg cramps, very common in pregnancy, very, very common. 
Leg cramps often respond very nicely to magnesium supplements, either as a powdered formulation with water or as a spray. Okay? Ironically, restless legs respond quite well to iron supplementation, so it's always really worthwhile checking someone's iron stores to see where they're at. Anecdotally, I've seen some women where they do a little bit of cold immersion therapy where they've got restless legs and they actually sort of hop into a, a cold bath at night before bed. Anecdotally, that seems to also help things. But always speak to your care provider about those two symptoms. Maybe it's a good excuse to ask for a leg massage, something like that. Can that you be can helpful, try. Pete? <laughs> of course. Of course. It, it doesn't hurt. Correct. <laughs> And what about the need to frequently go to the toilet? I know you know you need to urinate all the time when you're pregnant. Why is this? And is there anything you can do about it? Sure. If I bored all of you with the old physics formula for capacity, which is volume over pressure, if you've got a small volume and a high pressure, you've got no capacity. If you've got no capacity, you're going to pee all the time. Well, your bladder sits jammed between the pubic bone and the uterus, and the uterus is getting bigger and bigger every day. So it presses on the bladder, no volume. Presses, the pressure's increasing and the formula kicks in, you've got no capacity, so you feel like you need to go all the time, and yet you go and there's nothing coming out. It's also complained by the fact that your, your kidneys are filtrating more during pregnancy, so there's more urine that you're wanting to make, of course you've got to get that out. So, unfortunately not an easy one to fix since we've had the baby, and very rarely is it ever associated with a urinary tract infection. So, 5% of women get a urinary tract infection in pregnancy, and 20% will get a recurring infection if they've had one. So we're always attuned to that possibility. That's why we do a urine screen at the first visit. But for the majority of you, it's just your baby pressing on your bladder. What about melisma, Pete? Yep. So melisma is where you get the discoloration on your face, on your breast tissue, you can get the linear nigra. It's essentially a discoloration of the skin. So MSH, melanocyte stimulating hormone, increases in pregnancy. Okay, as it increases, parts of your body that are predisposed to becoming hyperpigmented or discolored can do so. There are certain uh, ethnic groups and demographics where you're more predisposed to that um, and there is no way of preventing it and not much you can do cosmetically beyond covering it up. For most women after the birth, the coloration will change. Some women will always tell you, particularly with the linear nigra, the one up and down the midline where they can see that brown sort of stripe from their belly button. Oh my God, am I going to be stuck with that forever? It, it's almost, dare I say, a little kind of mark of motherhood. People can say, there's a mum, um, but a, a lot of the time it will fade. And what about that feeling like lightning in the crutch, like a ah, sort of pain? Yeah, so you've got a, a gravid uterus, so a, a uterus with a baby in it that's getting bigger and bigger and there's weight there and that's pressing down on your pelvic hammock but also pressing down onto the nerves. And so as the nerves get pressed on, if you think about the old, you hit your funny bone and get that twang up into your fingers, you can get a similar experience depending on how a baby's placed on some of those nerves that are coming down through your pelvis and sometimes you can feel that lightning crotch. What about vaginal discharge, Pete? What's normal in pregnancy and what's not? Sure, so leucorrhea is the buzzword and that's the discharge of pregnancy. You are full of hormones. Those hormones cause the glands in the birth canal of the vagina to over-secrete, so you get more secretions. It can be clear, it can be white, yellow, it can even be normal if it's green. Generally speaking, if you are irritated by it, if you think that the odour associated doesn't seem right, if you think you are having too many liners or pads that are becoming sort of stained, you may wish to get it checked by your care provider. Occasionally we'll do a swab. Sometimes we'll find a pathogen. Pathogen, we might find thrush. A lot of the time we'll be reassuring that it's normal. When in doubt, let your care provider know. We would hate to miss something like rupture membranes, for example. You mentioned before about, you know, um 
veins and particularly you know hemorrhoids when we're talking about varicose veins is there anything you can do about hemorrhoids do they go away when you give birth or do they get worse yeah so there is a vascular plexus in the bottom okay and again the pressure the hormonal changes can cause that plexus to expand and you can feel a little bubble a grape and in severe cases a really significant amount of hemorrhoid and for some women that can be quite disabling it can be quite painful it can make defecation going to the bathroom quite painful and they can sometimes bleed okay generally speaking what we would encourage you to do is to try to relieve the pressure so no straining so keeping your stool loose by dietary approaches or supplements laxatives you can also apply some creams to them and there are some over-the-counter preparations you can get from the pharmacy sometimes the maternity pad sliding slicing the maternity pad putting an ice block in covering that over the fabric of the pad and then wedging it up between your butt cheeks just the soothing application of the ice can help and even sometimes the SRC shorts I alluded to where it helps to bring your baby up a little bit, takes the pressure off your pelvic vessels. These are things you can do. Surgically, from a colorectal perspective, you really wouldn't go anywhere near hemorrhoids during pregnancy because the treatments involved in that regard, God forbid you needed that, there is associated with a lot of bleeding, we just wouldn't do it. Most of the time they will improve after the birth, but dare I say it can take a few months. Pete, that is wonderful and so reassuring, um, just really empowering for mums to know that there are things that they can do for these somewhat unpleasant um, side effects of being pregnant. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today with us. A huge thanks to Mustella for sponsoring this episode. Did you know that Mustella is not only for babies? Mustella also has a range of maternity products like the 100% Certified Organic Stretch Marks Oil, Stretch Marks Cream, and the Certified Organic Lanolin-Free Nipple Balm made up of 100% natural ingredients and dermatologist tested. Mustella Products, our family's favourite. Next week on the podcast, we have Dr. Peter Jesevic joining us with our midwife and positive birth expert, Narelle Siros, to talk to us all about birth preparation and birth statistics. You've been listening to The Parents You've Got This podcast, your The Expert Guide to Parenthood. And never forget, parents, you've got this. Got this. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended to support, not replace, a discussion with your doctor or healthcare professional. Parents You've Got This take no responsibility for any medical decisions made by individuals based on the information provided in this podcast. Join a Parents You've Got This masterclass today to be prepared, excited and educated for pregnancy, birth, baby and parenthood. Visit www.parentsyou'vegotthis.com.au and sign up for a masterclass today.